When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Whether it is a petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid or electric, we have the perfect car for you. See blackstonemotors.ie Welcome to Late Lunch this Wednesday afternoon. Great to have you with us on the show today. I hope you're having a nice afternoon. Thanks for joining us once more. Lots of chat to come on the show, but let's begin today by having a listen to this. Does it bring it back? Does it bring it back all those years? It does me. It makes me smile. I want to get up and dance and jig round the place. Why do I play that today? I'll tell you why. The Saw Doctors. Yes, they re-released their first album. If this is rock and roll, I want my old job back. It's the 30th anniversary of the album. I've been just looking down through the 15 tracks. And you know what? Every one of them are brilliant. They're back in the charts too. The vinyl charts. They're straight in at number three. And it's the biggest selling vinyl in Ireland this year so far. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by one of its founders, Leo Moran. Hello, Leo. Hello, greetings from the sunny west of Ireland here in Chulham. Nice to talk to you, Ah, uh, Nice to chat to you too. And uh, my God, isn't it just great that you're back top of the pops? It must be a wonderful feeling, Leo. Yeah, it's odd, really. It's, uh, it's, it's lovely to think that people are still interested in music and that the songs have their own life at this, at this stage and people are enjoying listening to them and yeah and being involved in the whole vinyl revival like almost kind of unexpectedly it's uh, 
it's a, it's a lovely trend that people are back listening to records. You know, I, I have a little association with it because I'm an angler and I fished carob and mask many times over the years and we hit the N17 as we travelled from the East Coast and many's a time I had her on the old CD player to give her a jip there as we were looking forward to getting out in the carob for a great day's fishing. Tell us about the song, the, the genesis of it. You wrote it. Uh, I had a part in it. Uh, uh, Davey wrote the chorus. He just thought at the N17 they put up new signs to designate the names of the roads at the time. And uh, Davey thought that had a musical ring to it. He has a great ear for a hook. And I just happened to have verses about friends of ours that had immigrated and had been away and mightn't get back. So we married the two things together and he came up with the little riff and there you go. We had a song and we were almost embarrassed playing it, first of all. I remember the first time we played it up in the front bar at the hotel, late night drink. And uh, I remember thinking, God, people are going to think we're awful stupid singing about the Galway Road. <laughs> 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 you not... could see immediately they heard it and they thought, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, not at all. It just touches a nerve with everybody t- to this very day. You know, I, I watched you on RT on Saturday evening uh, with Tula Mackay, uh, her version of the song, and you accompanied her and Davy as well. It, 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 it's a special version, isn't it? She is absolutely brilliant, and it's always amazing if somebody picks our song or anybody's song to to uh, do a new version of, because there's so many uh, songs out there, so many brilliant songs, so it's, it, it's a real privilege to get chosen in the first place. But then it's a real bonus when the when the person makes it their own and makes it different and, and renews it and, and lets you hear it in a different light, and that's exactly what... Tolu did and, and the uh, the orchestration was fabulous as well so mm. yeah we're very lucky that the song was given a whole new life again 30 years later daft it's fantastic and that show it's great and uh, they're promoting and highlighting Irish music of yesteryear and today the heart of Saturday Night Una Healy and Lower doing a great job oh it's uh, there's so much talent in this country there always has been and there's just as much now as there ever was and it's we're very lucky really that we're always uh, we always have kind of people around us to influence us and you see new acts and like something like Saint Sister now, they're so original and such a such a interesting act. Fantastic. I'm just picking them out as a as a great example of new, young and uh and uh, interesting and, and uh, creative and innovative. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic, it really is. But you're reborn now with the album flying up in the charts. Who knows, it may be in the number one spot shortly and you're back out there to a whole new audience and new generations. Does yourself and Davy, the originals, you, you you pair have always been there. A lot of people have come and gone in the lineup. Yeah, we've had an awful lot of really brilliant musicians over the years. And uh, somebody had an idea lately as a, as a charity idea to get a thought doctor's poster and get all the members, the previous members, to sign it. Uh, it'd be a bit of a job now, but uh, it's, a, it's a, an interesting idea because I think there would be over 20 altogether people who would have played with the band, uh, had been in the band, or just toured with the band for a couple of seasons. So it'd be it'd be a good list, all right. And, and when you look at the cover of the original, I just think all these years later, you guys now could be the cover this time around because it was your dad's, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know where the idea came from, but we just thought to depict the title, if this is rock and roll, my old, I want my old job back. We just thought my old job, my old man, his old job, whatever. And 
that's the, the photo ended up being our fathers and, and people used to say, God, they, they play very lively music for old fellas. <laughs> but you weren't nearly as old as them now as, as they were at the time. So it, uh, they, they had great fun with it as well. The three the three two men in the picture are gone, but the other two lads are going strong still. Mm. Ross Common Man and Donegal Man, so... Fair play to Finton and Paddy. <laughs> yeah, good, good to hear. What, what, what are you up to? You know now and in the near future, are you going to get back together with a new lineup? Do you hope to do that beyond this bloody awful time that we're in with no live gigs? Yeah, well, up up to now, it's, there hasn't been a chance to plan anything. So we've kind of that was the, that was the simple answer to the question up to now. But. We, myself and Dave, we get together and we try and put together a couple of tunes all right every now and again, but we haven't put a lot of time into it yet, so maybe if we put a bit more time, we might try and do a, do a bit more. Mm, for sure. When you, when you reflect on the years, and they pass so quickly, don't they, Leo, when you sit here today and uh, and look back, where have, have those years gone? But your music, really, I have to say this, whenever it's played, you know, your, your well-known songs and others besides, it does it for people and has does it, done it consistently over the decades. Yeah, whatever it is about it. I think a big element was we enjoyed it so much and the energy and the enjoyment that we were putting into it, I think, was probably obvious to people. And maybe that's a, maybe there's this kind of a, an infectious kind of a thing in that. If we're enjoying it, then there's, there's a real invitation for people to enjoy it with us. And I think that's a lot of what happened. And you know, we made we made a lot of albums over the years, but we didn't have the same kind of success with records. But we always had a really good show, and we always had a gig that people wanted to come to and come back to. So we we were lucky with that. That that, that always worked for us. And that it's re-released on vinyl as well. Was it vinyl initially or was that? I'm trying to think back. Were there such things as... See, there were tapes, I'm sure, at that stage. Were there CDs? It was the crossover time uh, yeah. uh, into CDs. So there was vinyl, yeah. Vinyl, vinyl and tapes, mostly. Yeah, a lot of tapes. Yeah. And uh, then the CDs were just coming in around that time. Yeah, so the crossover was happening and look where we are today with the streaming and the, the downloads, Leo. Oh my God almighty, you can ask a device now to play anything in the world for you and there you are. Yeah, you don't even have to press the button. No. <laughs> oh my God, it's a sign of the times. You did play Glastonbury, didn't in The 40th anniversary, 2010, you were there. We did, yeah. We actually played Glastonbury three times. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, and my father came with us one time. And he got off the bus on, on a beautiful sunny sun, Sunday morning and he said, now he said, I'm looking for two things here, he said. Somewhere to shave myself and somewhere I can get mass. So he said, well, there's a place over here you can shave yourself. But it's, it's going to be hard to find mass. But we walked up the side and we found a tent where there was a gospel choir singing on the Sunday morning. So we had a kind of a religious experience anyway. So it wasn't too bad. Good story, great story indeed. So he, he he did the usual on the Sunday, and he was was happy enough with that. And when you think of you know, I mentioned blasphemy, but you look at you've played all over the world and across this country, up and down the length of the land. Does any you know does Glastonbury stick out, or is there somewhere else that you'd say, oh, geez, Jerry, I'll never forget that night or that gig? Oh God, I, I, I'm funny because I love them all. I I used to have <laughs> the small ones, as, yes, the big ones, yeah. You can have a magical night. The scale of the gig really isn't where the magic comes from. It's the whatever special interaction you have on a particular night, and that can happen anywhere, really, mm. uh, on any on any given night. Mm. And 
as as big and all as some of the gigs where we played, the, the, some of the most enjoyable ones were smaller ones. And uh, we always had a good show. Like we always yeah. had a really consistent show that won won every night. But I'd say every between five and ten percent of shows were special. Yeah, and that special one just could happen anywhere. Mm, mm. But you love them all, Leo. You got the same buzz, no matter where the venue, no matter what it was. It's that electricity between you and your audience who always really took it to heart. Yeah, because if the audience comes in with an energy, yeah. uh, it's it's something that the band can write. It's like surfing a wave, and and the more energy the band puts back into it, the more energy the audience puts. But you know, it's it's one of those things that can just grow and grow and grow. And some nights, I would have to say the band didn't play as well as it could have mm. and part of the reason that would be for that would be the, the audience were doing so much of of the music and so much of the energy that you didn't have to play that well you know yes. you could you could kind of uh, just re- go into freewheel if you like yes can you pick any of the uh, songs that you've recorded over the years and say I love that one more than most I love Same Old Town because we're yes. so, so well known for being boisterous and upbeat and funny and all that kind of crap. But Same Old Town is a kind of balancing act with that kind of stuff. And I think it's it's very true to any small town, and not just in Ireland, because people yeah. people have... There's something in us that always thinks... It's, I suppose it's the Faraway Hills or Greener kind of a thing. Yes. Where, so wherever you live isn't the greatest place to be. <laughs> but sure, it's as good as anywhere else. <laughs> Well, look at Leo. Keep on doing it. You're loved immensely the length and breadth of the land and beyond. And it's great to see if this is rock and roll. I want my old job back. Top of the pops again with the re-release. And we look forward to hearing your plans in the near future to get back on the road again. I'm going to indulge myself. This is my favourite saw, Doctors. But for the moment, Leo Moran, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks a million. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Leo. I have fallen for another. She can make her own way home. And even if she asked me now, I'd let her go alone. Terry, you can't beat the saw doctor, says a listener today. You're dead right. You can't beat them. There are some boys to get a place going. They're fantastic performers in concert as well. And that song that I love, I used to love her topped the Irish charts for nine consecutive weeks in 1990 and still holds the record for the country's all-time biggest selling single. What about that all these years later? And it's going to sell uh, more, I'm sure, now with the re-release of the album. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, say anything to us today, 86 658 WhatsApp or text me, 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Louise, what about uh, the whole Ferrari going on at the moment? You're a mammy and... Uh, You've had communions and confirmations recently yourself. What do you make of the the situation with yes or no? It's very divisive, isn't it? I would actually say yes, because I can't understand why there's 100 people allowed at weddings now and they mm. have parties afterwards. Yeah. There'll be 40,000 going to Crow Park. No doubt there'll be a party on whoever wins. And they can't, like my son got confirmed last December after everybody had started secondary school. And there was 15, they split the classes. So there was something like 15 in the church um, divided, like there was only two and the child allowed in. And then it was, you know, there was a seat between everybody. Mm. 20 minutes, um, they had no mass. They just did the confirmation and out you went fully masked. And we just, there was five of us and we went for a meal and then went home. Mm. No parties. So 
what you're saying is that the church will carry out its business absolutely to the letter oh, of the law. Oh, to the letter, yeah. Um, applying the, re- the regulations and uh, everything like that. The concern, I think, is afterwards. I think that's the concern. You yeah. know, the afterwards is the concern. What will happen then? You make a very good point. If somebody wins in Croke Park, look at the celebrations mm. they're going to be. And the pubs are open. If somebody last year, championship wins, massive outbreaks of COVID afterwards. You know, it happened. Are we in a different circumstance now? We are with the vaccines. We are. We are winning it. I know hospital cases are up. ICUs are steady. Uh, did you notice something? There's no deaths. Have you Touch noticed wood. that? Yeah, and, and yeah. look, there will be some, of course there will. But, but at the moment, uh, there has been none. We're in a different situation. What do you um, think? Because um, I don't know about the, the, the Armada Isis, but Meath have been... Meath have given the thumbs up yeah, yeah. for it. What do I think about it? I think communion and confirmation. And, and here you go again. They say religion is dead in Ireland. They say the church is not relevant anymore. Listen, you know, think about Mm. this. This has been the mantra we've heard. And I know the church has, uh, you know, wronged and uh, it has, you know, disaffected many, many people. But yet still, communions and confirmations, you can tell me, it's still a a big thing for children in school. It's still important. So the church is still relevant. No matter what people tell you, the church is. And it's obviously relevant when you hear this debate going on at the moment. I think children lose out immensely if they don't have, you know, the communion and confirmations. I think they've lost out a lot as it is. Yes, and, and they have. And I think you have to then say afterwards it's up to people to be sensible you know what I mean mm. to not go wild and throw big parties or things like that keep it low key small scale go it's to a place child's day. It's yes, not the maybe go day. to a place where you know uh, where you, you know is uh, managed well and the regulations are applied and they'll check all your your uh, certs and uh, passports and things like that uh, so on that basis I would say yes they should proceed uh, I would based on on all of that it I doesn't think make sense why not in mm, my mm, mind mm. when you mentioned the others you know yeah. weddings and uh, you know uh, sports gatherings and celebrations after and get togethers after games it's happening we know it's happening as well uh, but anyway it's interesting uh, it's an interesting uh, debate going on at the moment if you have an opinion love to hear from you 086 658 have you saw Someone for communion or confirmation? What do you think? If you have an opinion, let us know. We'd be delighted to air it on the show this afternoon. Come on, let's hear from you. 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or text. If you want to call in, it's 1850-715-958. After news and weather at two, we're going to be talking about a young man who's hoping to get to the 1500 metre Olympic final, Andrew Coscarin. Thank you so much for all of your comments. Let's get to some of them now. Hi, Jerry. I love the Saw Doctors. They have some great songs, but I love the song Red Cortina not as popular as the two you've played today but it's great Jerry. it brings back wonderful memories says Claire it does indeed always makes me smile their songs good man Jerry says Jack nice to see someone not running down the church you know Jerry, you're an endangered species let confirmations and communions go ahead said Jack I look I've lived long enough to understand the wrongs the church have done and there have been shocking, shocking wrongs done to people. And I can understand how people are bitter and disaffected. That is uh, understandable, totally understandable. But, you know, in, in the greater picture of church and clergy people, the greater are by far the majority, by far, far the majority 
and good, good people who've done great good as well. And that always needs to be said. Another comment from Martin. Jerry, the church has done everything regarding COVID safety to the letter of the law, says Martin. The government didn't say a word about the Muslim community gathering in Croke Park. And that's true. Very true. The Catholic Church can't take responsibility for people's irresponsibility having parties after communion or confirmations. We spoke about that. That is for sure. You're spot on there, Martin. Cop on government. You are the ones who don't have a clue. One thing one day, something else another, says Martin. Uh, keep your comments coming to us. I have more here. I'll get back to them in a wee while on the show. 086-1800-658 WhatsApp or text me this afternoon. Now... We have a big local interest on the track in the Olympics coming up in the early hours of tomorrow morning. You will have seen that Andrew Coskerin has qualified for the semi-finals of the 1500 metres. He ran a great race. I was watching it, especially the last 100 metres or so to get the time to get him in as one of the fastest uh, non-qualifiers to the semi-final stage. He's from Balbriggan. He went to St Mary's Diocesan School in Drogheda, a member of Star of the Sea Club, joined there as a teenager. And we're going to hear a little bit more about him now in a moment from the man who coached him from a young age, Brendan Meath. But first, his mum, Paula Coskerin is on the line. Hello, Paula. Hi, Jerry. How's it going? Oh, you must be the proudest mammy today. Oh, stuff. Absolutely delighted for him. He's worked so hard to get there. He's been chasing races all over Europe trying to get qualification points. And it went right to the wire on the day that the, he had to qualify, I think, or get points up to the 29th of June. And he was still racing that night in Switzerland trying to get more points. So just about got there. So to get through the heat was, I, I don't know, was it unexpected? It was unexpected, definitely. I know he fought hard for it and he would have given everything to do it and it worked out. And luckily he got into a faster heat than the one before. So just panned out from a lot of luck, but a lot of hard work there too. And he did, he had a blistering last uh, 100 metres, mm. which that's, it paid off. You know? Oh, it did. So, like, I was yeah. willing him on there and he did it. He, oh. Everyone was behind him to, to, to get it in gear that last 100 metres and he, he oh, certainly yeah. did. And you mentioned yeah. heat, not alone the fastest heat, the heat of the blimmin' place where oh, he's running. It's, it's really unbelievable, concerned. isn't it? Yeah. I'd watched Michelle Finn run, uh, was it the night before or even before? Mm. Yeah, two nights before that. And I could see, like they were saying, 37 degrees and 43 degrees maybe in the sun side mm, of the track. Mm. And I was really concerned while he just wouldn't be used to that. He's done some training in Portugal, but that was January. And then he's run a few races around Europe, but nothing to to, to prepare for that. Really, I know a lot of the top athletes, they train in high altitude and they train in warm weather camps to, in build up to preparation. But he was still chasing races while other people were kind of building for the Olympics just to try and get there. So look, he's there and he got through the heats. Uh, we can't ask any more of him. Anything else on tomorrow is a bonus. Yes, you know? it really is. But he's up against the best of the best as the oh, Olympics yeah. are and it's really yeah. hot competition. Tell us about him, you know, going back from he was a little fella. Where did this athletics, the running, come from? And when did he join Star of the Sea? Ah, oh, well, I, I, Brendan reminded me that we, he went down as a five-year-old with his sister. So basically, we have four children, um, Kate the oldest, and then three lads, Andrew, Harry, and Peter. 
busy household. So we took them to everything. He played every sport. Um, so keep him busy because they were very active little lads. So, uh, yeah, he did soccer. He did football and uh, did a bit of running. And um, my husband would have been involved with the local soccer club, as was I. So a bit of everything, you know, yeah. just had to, had to keep him busy. And then I think... He didn't, um, he was more soccer up till secondary school. And then in secondary school, he, um, really good teacher there was organising the cross-country team, uh, Justine Fox. And they happened to have, your, I mean, Aaron Hannon, a fantastic runner from Drogheda. He was, um, he was running for the school and they kind of roped in the other lads to be part of the cross-country team. And Andrew had ran with the team and they had done well, got through the North Leinsters, got through the Leinsters, all because of Aaron's success. He won both. And then Aaron went on to win the All-Ireland in Cork that year. And Andrew ended up coming 11th. And I think he ran in his football boots to, in the North Leinsters and the Leinsters. Was, oh, we better get him a pair of spikes because it looks a bit serious. So kind of went on from that. So he went to represent Ireland, not ever having won a race in his life and went to Cornwall with the school's cross-country, with the Irish cross-country team. So that was really the start of it. Then Brendan and me got hold of him and the rest is history. Brendan's put huge effort into him and he's been so supportive and always been there for Andrew. It's been absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, but I mean, up till 16, 17, he still played soccer. He still mm. played a bit of rugby, Gaelic for the team, the school team. Loved, loved, loved St. Mary's. He still says he's a Mary's man, so would have a, a lot of respect for the oh, school. Oh, terrific, terrific. Yeah. God, that's interesting. And it's a lesson to parents as well, to give them a, a wide remit, and then they go a road themselves. Brendan is on the line. I know him well. Brendan Mead, good to talk to you again. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm great. Well, Brendan, did you see this potential in this fella from early on? I wouldn't just say early on. Mm. No, he was a very good runner, and he developed. He, he developed over time and became better with age. And uh, I, I suppose that was probably the best way to develop. That the 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 it doesn't come too early for you, so you yeah. keep your appetite. And Andrew, as he got older, he kept progressing. His times kept improving. He kept adding All Ireland titles to his name, and then got to represent Ireland at. Celtic Games level, uh, which was uh, Wales, Scotland and, and Ireland, and just kept going on from there. And he showed great tenacity, as his mum said there, in keeping going to make the qualification grade to get to Tokyo right to the, to the, to the bitter end, and he did it. Yeah, he didn't know. The, the, the hard job was to get there uh, because the qualification was, was tight. They had changed the qualification rules this year where they uh, allowed people, if you hadn't got the time of 3.35 flat, that they allowed uh, athletes in the top 45. It was the top 45 in the world rankings were going to get into the Olympics. And uh, as I say, Andrew kept putting in the races. He, he he has been very consistent this season with his times. He's ran a lot of times between the three thirty five sixty six and three forty and they all gained him good ranking points in the world events and that that got him to got got him his points because you're allowed to only keep the top five 
uh, events, the top yes. five races, yes. and that got him into his 41st position and qualification. Tremendous. And then, look, we saw what happened in the heats, and he's there going in the semi-final now, and as mum yeah. said there, whatever happens now is a real bonus for this guy. He's a 1,500-metre runner at the moment, and we've all uh, known historically we've had very good representatives for the nation at that distance. Now, I look at his age and look at the distance, Brendan, and I'm just look at, looking a little bit ahead here, because Paris is going to come round now in three years because of the delayed Olympics. Yep. Do you see him moving up into longer distances? Or what do you see for him? No, to me, to me, he's a, and I won't say an out and out 1500. Right. I, I would have always classed Andrew as a chap who was a specialist 1500, but could do a very decent 800 and also a very decent 5000. So I would still see him in three years' time as doing the 1500. Okay. I, I, I think the 1500 is his event at the, at the moment and I would see it for, for the foreseeable future as being his event as well. Great to hear that. Um, Ma- Mammy, Mammy, hello Mammy, you're still there. Still here. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to Brendan, who obviously is one of his greatest mentors, as you said, and has put an yeah. awful lot into him. Is there a, med- is there a blackout? Do you, do you be in contact with him? I'd be interested to know. Has he been in touch with you? Yes, he has. Uh, the time difference makes it a little bit difficult. Yeah. I'm going to bed, he's getting up, yes. and then during the day, he naps and he's training and he's down to for meals and all that. So he, he's usually quiet enough. Uh, you don't hear too much before yes. a race because he, he, he kind of cuts off social media and he, he's, he, I think he deleted Facebook there a little while ago, but I do pass on all the good messages and the well wishes to him. Um, so he, he tries to concentrate because his head would be melted, I'd say, otherwise. Yeah. You know? um, so, yes, he rang us after the race. He was on the bus, uh, mask on. And I said, well, oh, my God, that was just he couldn't believe it. He still couldn't believe it. He said, <laughs> I'm over the moon. And I, I don't know if anyone saw his interview. They, they will probably have picked that up from him. He was just yes. absolutely thrilled mm. to bits. I mean, there. There's like Tafara and Philip Ingebrigtsen and other guys who didn't make it because they ended up being in the slower heat. Yes. So it was just a lot of luck, a lot of hard work. Stewie McSwain, the Australian uh, runner, I mean, he did, I think, everybody a favour, particularly Andrew, in putting pushing the pace on in the race and it made, her a, it, made it the fastest heat. So yeah. that certainly helped him. It certainly um, did. Now tell me, oh. are you staying up or are you setting the alarm clocks? Actually, tomorrow's actually 12 midday. Oh, I, so you can... Mistaken. Oh, grand. Yeah, well, that's 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 good to know and we're telling everybody Andrew's running at 12 midday tomorrow so make sure you're uh, you're looking in to see him so you'll yeah. be able to get your night's rest and you'll have a little oh, yes. a little lunch yeah. maybe around that time. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great. Now a lot of people, we know family members are working and they're all trying to get a good. laptop or get a phone or try and watch it somehow, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, well, look, yeah. we want you to pass on whenever you're talking to him. All our good wishes here as well. We're rooting for him all the way because, you know, he is one of our own here in the North East and so proud Absolutely. of him and congratulate him for all he's done and we oh, wish yeah. him all the best in the race tomorrow. And well done to you too, Brendan, for being such a part of his career and moving him along this wonderful, wonderful journey and I'm sure there's many more special yeah. days to come. Thanks very much. It was a, it was a pleasure, Jerry, and I, I gained as much from Andrew as as uh, um, lovely. Yeah, as he's gained from you, Brendan. Yes, exactly, yes. exactly. I, I, I've been a 
fabulous journey. Yeah, a great journey. And on it goes as well. Paula Coskerin, Brendan Mead, good luck to you both. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you. Sure. Take care bye. of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. And we wish Andrew Coskerin all the best tomorrow midday. Lovely to hear from you, Rose. Rose Healy sent me a lovely picture of herself and Andrew uh, Coskerin. And uh, she's telling me, Rose, that she was actually president of Mead Athletics and presented him with Athlete of the Year. And there's the picture that Rose has sent in to us. Ah, thank you, Rose. Lovely to see another one there saying was watching Andrew's race, Jerry. So proud of him. What an exciting talent he is. And we all wish him well tomorrow. Thanks indeed for the lovely messages. And we'll try and will him on tomorrow. He's up against it. It's a tough lineup. It really is. And the best of the best, of course, in the world uh, performing in the Olympics. Now, you do know I've mentioned it before. I had I admire her immensely. I'm talking about Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. On many matters, she has been outstanding in her country, uh, much so in relation to COVID as well, the way they've handled it in New Zealand. But we have a lovely story now with a Mead connection connecting Jacinda Ardern with Happy Days Montessori in Ritholton County Mead. And to tell me more, Eilish Balf is on the line. Hello, Eilish. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really, really good. Well, this is simply a remarkable story. I want you to step back first. The president's surprise. We were speaking to the author here just a couple of weeks ago. He's a wonderful guy. It all began this story with that book, didn't it? Yes, it all began with the president's surprise. So um, it was a little girl's birthday in the preschool. And I asked her, would you like to pick a book from the library to read for her birthday? And she picked the president's surprise. Um, and we um, start going into my, like, it was the end of February, so we're in level five, and uh, some of the children were at home, and some of them were in school. So we decided to record the book and send it at, to home, to the children at home as well. And um, the children start investigating Michael D. Higgins, and they got really attached to his lovely dogs. So that's how it kind of exploded into what happened then, you know? Um, so Michael D. Higgins, obviously the president of Ireland, and then one of the little girls, Minnie, was um, listening to the radio and she heard about Joe Biden, who was the president of America. So she comes into school and went, guess what, lads, there's a president um, in America called Joe Biden. And um, so we started exploring Joe Biden and um, we were exploring Justin Trudeau as well and a few other people. And again, one of the, we were talking about li- politics, politics for four-year-olds. Yes. And one of the little girls says, oh, well, I can't be president. I'm not a boy. Oh. So Jacinda Adairn got peddled out as well as Mary McAleese and Mary Robinson. Yes. And then we were talking to the children about how Jacinda had um, handled the COVID pandemic. And, you know, she had done very well and they were still living as normal. And so they wanted to send her a letter to say well done and they did and we sent her a letter and one of the children Annalise drew a picture of her and she wrote back to us so <laughs> I love it I love this I think this is just a, a heartfelt uplifting story Jacinda Ardern with all she has to do wrote, wrote back and she personally wrote didn't she as well yeah she, she personally wrote She said about Annalise's picture that it was lovely and she was loving to hear that, like, we, you know, we were keeping safe. And then she put in a personal handwritten note as well, you know. Um, 
So it was just fantastic. Now, obviously, my children are at home at the moment, so I sent it out to the parents because I still have a WhatsApp group with the parents going, and the children could not get over this, that Jacinda Adern had written back to them. Can I read the words for a moment for our listeners? I have them here in front of me. So what Jacinda said was, thank you very much for the lovely card and thanks to Annalise for your drawing of me. I loved it. It was so nice to hear from you all, especially all the way from Ireland. And I really appreciate your kind words and support. Thanks again for writing and I hope you're all keeping safely. And she added then to say, and this was handwritten personally to the children there, Thank you so much for writing to me. I loved your messages. My word. That's just really special, I have to say. It is, it is. And I I would agree with you, Jerry. I'm a huge admirer of her. Mm. So I had a fangirl moment as well when I got the letter in. You know, she's, (laughs) she's just a fantastic prime minister. And I think it really speaks volumes when she's writing to children in Ireland. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and I think it just shows you what a caring and considerate leader she is, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. And, and we have to say, Michael D replied as well. You sent him a birthday card for he his did. 80th. Michael, yeah. yeah, Michael D replied as well. And we actually sent another um, card to uh, the Princess uh, Kate, uh, Duchess of Cambridge Kate in England. So she's under a wee bit of pressure now. To, <laughs> <laughs> to live up to the others. I love it. I love it. Come on, Kate. Come on, Kate. Let's be having you. We need a yeah. reply to make the full set here. But you know what is fantastic? Four years of age, that type of age, uh, you know, teasing out from a book, from a children's book, the president's yeah. surprise, you know, yeah about these people that it can be men or women uh, there's yeah. no barriers here at all and yeah. then then the icing on the cake to get this oh my god you're going to frame yeah. that that's framed absolutely. forever is it yes absolutely absolutely yeah it will indeed yeah and the children over the moon to get the reply yeah. from her yeah. ah it's yeah. a great wee story it really yeah. is god it's put happy days Montessori and Ritold on the world map <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Are you working away every day there? Uh, no, we're closed for the summer. Closed for the summer. Of, yeah, a lot of things going on behind the scenes because okay. obviously, um, you know, COVID policies are yes. still in place for September, okay. and uh, we'll keep going with it as best we can. Okay, you know? so you're off for the summer. The break is on, and you're back in September, and uh, yeah. away you go again. It's not been yeah. easy. I need not say that to you. It's been difficult, hasn't it? Really, yeah. 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 Yeah, tough old year yeah. but look it isn't this a, a real good story to uh, lift absolutely. everybody it really is yeah absolutely really yeah. yeah well done to you Eilish I love it I really love it and congratulations <laughs> to all the children and everybody at Happy Days in Rithold it's a Thanks wonderful you, story take care of yourself thank, thank you for you uh, telling the story to us today on the show isn't that just lovely folks wouldn't that just lift your heart it's lifted mine for sure I have to say wonderful and well done to Jacinda Ardern. What a PM she is and to personally write, handwritten to the children, all the way in Rathoth here in uh, the county of Mead. Well done to her. Jerry. will you please, please say hello to one of your real big fans? I will indeed. She loves listening to you every day. 
Rose Kelly in Black Rock in County Loud. How are you? It's lovely to hear about you today and I'm glad you enjoyed the show and thank you for the uh, the listening in every day and enjoying the show. We really do appreciate it. Rose Kelly in Black Rock in Dundalk. That comes in from Jerry to us this afternoon. Delighted to mention her. I really am. And what I want to do is dedicate this one to Rose this afternoon. I watched again, I think I mentioned to you before, but I watched for a second time. And really when I watch something, I don't ever really re-watch anything. But I watched again the Bee Gees documentary, Who uh, Can Mend a Broken Heart. Um, it was on again and I just happened to start watching it. And I re-watched the whole thing. It was two hours. And I just enjoyed it so much. They're marvellous. I did feature them as my artists of the week here. But I want to play this one again. And it's not the Bee Gees, but it is a Bee Gees song. Have a listen to Ed Sheeran. Feel I'm going back to Massachusetts. Oh, isn't it simply beautiful? That's one of the greatest covers I've ever heard of a BG song. It's absolutely brilliant. Ed Sheeran there with just plucking his wee guitar and the harmonies in that are something else. A Bee Gees classic Massachusetts dedicated to Rose Kelly in Black Rock. Beautiful Black Rock just outside Dundalk this afternoon. Patricia's been on to say, Jerry, let the children make their sacraments. They need it before they lose their faith altogether, says Patricia. And we're getting more along that vein. Most people, I have to say, echoing what Patricia says there, would like to see uh, the sacraments going ahead, I have to say. Um, Jerry, New Zealand today, it's slightly different, says Jack. They locked down the country, nobody in or out, uh, but the vaccination levels haven't been great there. But look at. Jack, look, when you look at the world and dealing with this pandemic, our own country, Britain, Europe, the States, it's been a real, real difficult one for everybody. But on the whole, Jacinda Ardern has done a great job there. I have to say that, Jack. I say that about her. And I know, look, at they'll have to catch up on the vaccine front. They'll eventually have to open up as well. I understand uh, all of that. Jerry. I simply love that version of the song. And, you know, it's timeless, Jerry. That song, Massachusetts, will live forever. But what a version, says a listener uh, by Ed Sheeran this afternoon. Thank you for the lovely messages. Keep them coming to us. Still to come on Late Lunch. We're stepping back 100 years on the show in a few moments. Yes, we're doing a regular in 2021, looking back at 1921 with historian Sean Collins. That's to come soon. Matthews coaches. Yes, they're coaching people again. Paddy will be with us for a chat after three and, of course, Tony Bennett. He is my artist of the week. He played uh, last night in Radio City Music Hall with Lady Gaga. Wonderful concert. And we continue the Tony Bennett story in words and song after three on the show. Stay with us. You mightn't be able to do it the next couple of days with the old Ishka coming from on spare. But afterwards, when you're out in the back garden, don't forget we have all the festival favourites online for you. LMFM.ie or the LMFM app. You can listen to all the sounds of the summer and that comes to us uh, thanks to Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialists in sound this summer. Yes, the Back Garden Festival can be yours anytime, any day. Check 
it out. Now your messages. Uh, Oshin's been on to say, uh, Jerry, uh, regarding Andrew Coscarin, he's actually related to the owners of Bliss Tea Rooms in RD. Martina and Mark Coscarin are the people there. It's a lovely, lovely place. I've visited on many occasions. Just thought I'd give it a mention. Thanks indeed for getting in touch with us on the show today. And another one there as well, loving that Ed Sheeran version of uh, the Bee Gees, uh, Massachusetts. Now, it's 100 years ago since 1921. A century has passed and it was a fractious year in the history of Ireland, the whole island, north and south. And we are taking a regular look back at the... Uh, different times through the months with historian Sean Collins and he's back with me again today. Hello again, Sean. Good afternoon. We're a little bit behind time, I know, Sean. We had you late June and let's catch up on the intervening weeks. What about the month of July? The truce came towards or just before the middle of the month. Yes, indeed. July is very much the turning point and effectively marks the end of hostilities, though not they didn't fully end. Um, on the 4th of July, William Hickey was killed in Uri. And between the 4th of July and the 11th of July, when the truce came into effect, 81 people were killed uh, violently across the country, as far away as Cork, Tipperary and Clare. And at least five deaths in the general Newry Arma area. Uh, this is probably because a special constabulary had been established under the new Stormont government. And Home Rule was working effectively now in the six counties, while the 26 counties were standing alone. But if you think about it, 81 people in 10 days, you know, it's more than COVID did uh, when we came through the the, the, the shutdown. An average of eight people a day were dying violently in this country still. Uh, Word had spread that the truce was coming. Uh, backdoor negotiations were going on with the members, with representatives of the Dáil, uh, British civil servants and Sir Neville McCready, the commanding officer of the British Army in Ireland. But even though that was going on in the background, the killings were still taking place. Um, On the 10th, the day before the truce came into play, um, there were 28 people killed that day. Wow. That's an awful lot of loss of life. Huge, Sean. Yes, it, it seems as if there may have been reprisals and yeah. people's doors before the truce came into play on the 11th. So even though on the 11th day there were 10 people killed, mm. and that, that, that was the day that the country was noti- had been notified that the truce would come into effect. And Sean, did it hold after that or were there sporadic loss of life c- that continued through the month? No, it's a, there, there were another, between the uh, 11th and the 24th of the month, there were another 28 violent deaths. Mm. But that was an awful lot less uh, than what had yes. happened. Mm. If you think back to June and May, we were in excess of 200 people dying every month. So in July, it dropped to 109 for the total month. The bulk of them, 81, had taken place by the 10th, the day before the truce. So you still had another 28, including, of course, uh, on the 7th of July, uh, John Henry Groves, uh, a soldier in the King's Own Yorkshire Light Infantry, died at Millmount in Drogheda. And while the papers at the time blamed the IRA, 
subsequent research has shown it was actually an accident with a gun in the in the barracks itself. It had nothing to do with the IRA at all. But that was the climate of the time. But the special constables and Ulster, uh, that became a bit of a, 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 a mishmash of more. And uh, that's why you see that Newry and that area is affected. It's the nearest to us. But on the 9th of July at the Mansion House, truth terms were signed in Dublin to become effective from the 11th of July. The papers reported that in Navan and County Mead, trouble continued right up to the day of the truce. Uh, on the 10th of July, both Nobber and Longwood police barracks were attacked. Uh, although curfew restrictions then started to be lifted. And after the 11th, police patrolling and soldiers in County Mead were noted not to be carrying their guns or pointing their guns at people. In Drogheda, the truce was welcomed. The RIC and military left their guns on the lorries. Uh, the truce came in on Monday, the 11th of July, and it was reported then that on the Wednesday night, which would have been the 13th, uh, young people gathered to dance and play music in in around main points of the town, like West Street and Shop Street. And they played accordions and mouth organs and sang nationalist songs and did Irish dancing. And the paper report was suggested that it seemed to take away the bad atmosphere that had been in the, in the town over the previous few months. But still there were troubles. On Saturday night, Brian's public house in Manalby was fired upon. And in Kilcurry, a group of young men opened up on the police, which was a week after the truce. So all the time, all the local papers are appealing for people to support the truce. Uh, they think it's a a good thing, obviously, and the, the papers are very positive uh, to it. On the report of the truce itself, and I think you might find this amusing, it came in on the 11th of July, and the national papers said they were experiencing a quite exceptional heat wave, which is exactly what we had on yes. the 11th. Yes, yes, this 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 time around. Sean, the, the thing is uh, about this, when when the truce came in, the 11th of July, is it significant that the 12th was the next day? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, I was just, because the, the problem I would have with it, Jerry, is they knew that it was coming, all that was going on, and yet the killing was still maintained. Mm. I mm. believe if people had been more conscious of it, or if the civil servants had been more conscious of it, they would have tried to stop it all the sooner. After all, uh, De Valera met with Craig in May and uh, Craig had courageously come down to Dublin uh, unarmed without a police escort to meet De Valera. Uh, The meeting didn't come to much, but it was the real meeting that started the the road towards the truce. And yet in May, we lost over 200 people and in June, we did the same. So maybe it was a bit slow in that way, but generally the whole notion of the truce was welcomed by the people. Michael Collins later agreed that it was timely because the IRA were beaten in the fields, according to Collins. They were short of weapons and equipment. And yet the volunteers themselves saw it as a triumph. They believed that they had brought Britain to a standstill, whereas the leader believed it was just they were very lucky that it, it, it stopped when it did. Mm. But the interesting thing is it gave the IRA time to reorganise 
to get ready should hostilities start again. Fortunately, they didn't. Well, not at least against the British. Yes. But really what sort of facilitated everything was with the opening of the Parliament on Ulster, they now had Ulster effectively walking under a, a home rule system. Uh, British opinion was very much against the brutal regime in Ireland. So the British politicians realised they had to do something. Also, the talks had started, as I was saying, with De Valera and Craig, and it saved further debts. They were the things that were important to it. That's what really brought the truce about. Yeah. And, and tell me this, Sean, when you talk about the Ulster Parliament, was there a Catholic, uh, you know, Irish Republican, any representation like that in that Parliament? There, there was indeed a very small minority. It was set up in such a way that there could only be a small minority. But a number of what I would call nationalist representatives took their seats. But you had lots of games going on in the background that we're aware of now uh, that we wouldn't have been aware of then. Uh, Collins uh, was carrying on the war, not necessarily a war so much as any way, any mechanism we could see to bring down the Northern Ireland administration. He was supporting and funding in his capacity as a government minister. So there were a lot of games being played but there were nationalist representatives in the Salmon Parliament, but very much in the minority. Mm. And the truce, obviously, uh, to give space to deal with the the 26 counties and uh, formalise the arrangement there. Yes. Uh, uh, three days after the truce, on the 14th of July, De Valera led a delegation to Britain to meet with Lloyd George and to open up what they called talks about talks, which would eventually lead to the treaty negotiations, which we'll deal with in a later programme. Mm. But, uh, you know, at, la- at least at that time, uh, the debts reduced, as you said, talks were uh, initiated all round and, and a-, a-, a way forward appeared to be emerging. I'll ask you this again, and I think I asked you before. You mentioned home rule in Ulster. Do you believe, with all your experience and studying this and being involved for years and years, that there could have been a solution that would have seen Ireland stand alone as a single unified entity? I think there possibly could have been, but various pressures were brought on the British powers that be to maintain Ulster with a unionist majority. Um, at the end of the day, I sincerely believe that Britain have been trying to remove themselves of the burden of Ireland since about 1900. Uh, 1911, the Home Rule Bill was their chance. But the influence of the unionist community on the Houses of Parliament secured Ulster for them, and Ulster was created to provide a unionist majority. It was set up and structurally that way. I think what's interesting now, if you read what the political scientists are saying and what recent studies are showing, uh, that the situation in Northern Ireland at the next election, which was set up, as I said, to ensure a unionist majority, well, the current breakdown, according to the political analysts, is 40-40-20. So that means at the next election, the effect will be 40% unionist, 40% nationalist, and 20% that could go anyway. 
And I'm really interested to see what happens at that election. Mm. Because that's a change, if you think about it, in 100 years. Yes. When it was set up in 1921, it was about 63.37 was the breakdown from a percentage point of view. And now the model they are presenting is 40-40-20. And no in between back then either. It was uh, one or the other, 63-37. Interesting indeed. Right. Yeah, mm. so it's, it's really an interesting model to see what Yes, happen. so uh, watch this space as the situation evolves. We'll be back to reflect on uh, the current month and more besides and until the end of the year, which is shown again shortly on the show. But for the moment, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Jerry. Sean Collins there, who knows his history, and reflecting again with us on uh, that year, 1921, and the loss of life when you hear it there. Horrendous, wasn't it? It really, really was. Late lunch, LMFM Radio, back in a moment. 1997, Picture House and Heavenly Day, sounding as heavenly today as the day it was released. Isn't every day? A heavenly day you can get up, feel well and go about your business. That's the way I look in life. Anyway, Louise, you have a news flash for us. <laughs> All I said was I think Catherine Sohoney must have had her confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit yeah. of controversy about it, isn't there? Yeah, there is a bit of controversy. This is gaining legs, I can tell you. <laughs> I have a feeling in me water. <laughs> yeah, this is gaining legs. Where had she? She had a bit of a do at the Mansion House, was it, or something? Marion Hotel. Oh, the Marion Hotel, mm. was it? That was in the same sort of vicinity, anyway. As the, as I, the, I just don't get... Uh, it's quoted here now, it's quoted in The Independent, that she said she was assured by the Marion Hotel her private party for friends and former colleagues, I think she had 50 there, was in line with government COVID-19 restrictions. Mm. But surely she doesn't have to be assured by anybody. <laughs> should she not know the rules and <laughs> the regulations? Have, considering she was in the last government, not not in this one. Um, but, but she's still, you know, politically minded yes, and all her ally, you know, yes. Leo Varadkar supposedly there. And I ain't defending the woman at all. I, I ain't, uh, because we'll have to see what emerges with this. But there's Martin on to say... What hypocrite! <laughs> For Adgar has to go, says Matt, to be there. Just heard the news, and it is that story that's breaking as well. We were talking about communions and confirmations. Should they, shouldn't they? The general view to us here in the messages is that they should proceed. We can see that, uh, what you're telling us this afternoon. And I and Louise believe they should as well. Why, why shouldn't they go on? But this is back Golfgate too, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Except there was no golf here. <laughs> there wasn't a putter or a driver inside or a golf ball and no one shouted for (laughs) no they shouted 50 (laughs) oh watch this space and you know when when uh, opposition smell blood you know they go after it for sure there'll be a lot more on this I'm sure as the day progresses God almighty aren't we in such a different world who would have ever thought you know when we heard this word first COVID-19 uh, coronavirus. What are they talking about? It's in another part of the world, and it engulfs the world. Would you ever? Do you think back to you know that time in the early part of 2020 when this arrived? And my God, has it upended mm. the world and society since? It and really it's rumbled has. on and on and on. Yes. I never thought it'd go on that far. No, no. People are saying, "Oh, she will be away in a month. It'll be sorted." Mm. You know, just have a nice holiday. Have a nice holiday. People <laughs> thought it was like Ebola. You know, Ebola in Africa. Mm. It's very dangerous. Uh, disease as well when it outbreaks there and people think well it's over there it's not us but it blimmin everywhere in, in no time and I actually see in Wuhan where it all began in China 
the cases are up again and they're back and they're then in lockdown again. Yes, there's problems there again. It's resurfaced the new the Delta variant, etc. You know, but anyway, keep keep on rocking in Ireland. Get the jabs, whatever age you are, get your jabs, get the, 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 the clear evidence is there. If you are vaccinated, you will be safer with vaccination. It's not 100%. We know that. No vaccination is 100% and people will get it. But we know, Louise, and we'll be hearing a story on Friday yeah. of somebody who got the vaccination and did contract COVID, but but for the vaccination they'd be gone. That's for sure. We'll have that story for you uh, from a local person here in the North East on Friday. But my message is always, I believe in vaccinations. I always have. For my, I got them when I was young, thanks to my parents. My children got them and then my grandchildren. I believe in vaccination. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Paddy Matthews from Matthews Culture is with us after three at last. Business is picking up for Paddy and my artist of the week. Yes, the great Tony Bennett. More from him. Nice to hear from my good friend Eddie Joyce this afternoon, enjoying the uh, chat with Leo Morn uh, from the Saw Doctors. For Eddie, it has to be Red Cartina too, he says, if he were to pick one song. But also, he loves, and Eddie knows his music, the Joyce Country Cayley Band, the live version. There you go. So people have their real preferences for certain Saw Doctors songs. I'm staying on the musical theme now as I... Talk once more about my artist of the week, Tony Bennett. As I mentioned to you yesterday, it was his birthday. He was 95 and he played the first of two concerts at Radio City Music Hall in New York City last evening with Lady Gaga. And the pair duly announced that their second collaborative album, it'll be called Love for Sale, will be released on October the 1st. Great news. The first one was simply brilliant. Tony was born and raised in New York City. He joined the US Army and fought in Europe during World War II. On leaving service, he developed his distinct singing technique. Signed with Columbia Records, the label he's been with all his life, and made number one in the charts for the first time way back in 1951 with a song called Because of You. Bennett's parents were Italian immigrants who were part of the mass migration from Italy to the United States in the late 18 and early 1900s. He's an older brother and sister. But sadly for Tony, his dad died all too young when Tony was only 10 and the family were really poverty stricken. Yet they survived and Tony, influenced by the likes of Al Jolson, Judy Garland and Bing Crosby, began singing for money as a waiter in Italian restaurants in Queens. He was only a a young teenager at the time. I mentioned the army. He was drafted into the US Army and he survived shaves with death on numerous occasions. He mentions this himself. He's lucky to come through the war and he was involved in the liberation of one of the big Nazi concentration camps which he says he will never, ever forget. And on his discharge from the army he became a pacifist saying nothing, nothing ever justified war. He returned to singing and got his big break in 1949 when Bob Hope, Bob Hope, megastar back then, invited the young Italian-American to tour with him. And he suggested that he simplify his name from the Italian version to Tony Bennett and the rest is history and the story continues tomorrow. But for today, here is Mr Tony Bennett with Lady Gaga from that first album, Singing. Jazz classic. She gets too hungry for dinner at eight. I'm starving. 
She loves the theater, but she never comes late. What a version. Absolutely brilliant. Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, my featured artist of the week this week. When you think of it, she's 35, he's 95, 60 years between them and those voices, the way they blend there. That's from their first collaboration. As I mentioned, Love for Sale will uh, be published and released on the 1st of October this year. Their latest collaboration. Fantastic, fantastic story. More about Tony on Late Lunch Roundabout this time tomorrow. Final break of the day and Matthew's coaches are up and running and carrying people all over the place and we're joined in a few moments by the main man, Paddy Matthews. I remember speaking to Paddy Matthews at a time when it was really bleak for his business. Yes, there was nobody travelling, people back home working. We've uh, moved on a lot since then and he's back on the line with me. Paddy, afternoon. Afternoon, Jerry. How are things? Good. Well, I throw the question back to yourself. I remember the last time we talked, it was so bleak, Paddy. How are you getting on? We're getting on great. Uh, things are, the numbers haven't picked up as well, but we're looking forward now to September. Mm. With the vaccination, we're hoping the students will be back at college and other workers will be back at work. So we're hoping for the best. As I say, it'll probably be, in my way of thinking, we'll probably have a few more extra students because the accommodation won't be as attractive in Dublin. Yeah. Most of them will be working part-time, you know, a few days. Yes. And the same with workers. Mm. So that, that that's our hope, which we live in hope. Yeah, and, and like, uh, you're right, with the vaccinations, a return to college, a return to the office of sorts as well for people. Yeah. We'll be seeing the Matthews coaches tipping up and down the road. But I see you all the time anyway, Paddy. You're on the main oh, they, routes. Oh, they, never, they never stopped. Yeah. See, a lot of our workers would have been uh, frontline workers. You know what I mean? We couldn't have done that. We kept going all through the, to the worst of times. Yeah. Like at, at peak, we were carrying about 6,500 people a day. Mm. And that went down to about 700 wow. a day. So it was a fair end slap. We oh, still my kept going on. We, still, we <clears throat> still kept going. And mm. we're, we're doing all we can. You know, maybe the coach is all well sterilized and cleaned up. And mm. we're back to 75% capacity now at the moment. So not that we're, we're allowed to carry 75% capacity. Not yes. that we have it. Yeah. It just reminds me back when we were back in 2004. You know what I mean? Or, Mm. As when we started up first and we're up and down the road like mad people with nobody on the buses either but it'll pick up yeah. you've been through a lot as we've talked about here on numerous occasions over the years with what you face but this has to be the most testing ever Paddy for I would de- definitely so yeah. you know, there's yeah. nothing there's nothing anybody could do with this you know what no. I mean it's just but mm. in saying that the government has given us a little bit of support and it's been very much appreciated yes so. Yes, and it's only right that you get that support too for the yeah. service you, the wonderful f- service you've provided over the years. Tell me this: you mentioned uh, safety, and no doubt your buses uh, implement the full safety cohort and cleanliness and everything. Do passengers need to mask up uh, when they're on the journey? Well, we, we strongly recommend it to do anyway. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, no, for our own sake and for the sake of others. You know what I mean? Yes, it's of course. Sort of a court- courtesy thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I know you changed to you know your your booking system and that, and no cash. Is that still is still in operation? Is that the way you're you're, you're headed? Well, Jerry, at this stage, we're not refusing cash. <laughs> <laughs> what did I expect you to say to me, uh, Paddy Matthews? Refusing cash, no chance. Look at you, you'll take whatever people. You know we'll what I mean? Take whatever comes. We're yes. Hoping that a lot of people will swing out of the need card. You know what I mean? And these are economical, it's hands-free. You don't, nobody, nothing has to change hands. It's very, very simple to walk on. Yes. Very simple to, to get. So 
We're hoping that most people will use that. The government are also working on a, a new form of a tax saver ticket for the workers, you know what I mean? So, mm. The tax saver will work when you get in a month or three months or six months. Yes. But you know, people might only be travelling half a dozen days in those times now. So mm. they're trying to figure out what way they can do it, yeah. that they can get it on a daily basis. Mm. They can make it more economic for the people that's traveling. Sure. But the message is, get the car, the values in the car, the journeys, you book them on there and uh, away you go uh, from that point of view. For staff and, uh, you know, uh, keeping their chins up as well, Paddy, and, you know, on, on certain times, you know, you lead from the top. It's a, it's an important aspect of the business at any time. Absolutely. And we're very, very lucky. We have a great cohort of drivers and office staff and yep. personnel. So the, <clears throat> they're all working with the company's best interests at heart, so... Most of them are doing their best now to keep the, the show on the road for us and are doing anything they can to attract passengers on board. So mm. I'm very, very grateful to them for that. Mm. The um, the other thing while you're with me, I can't let you go. You had a significant birthday early in the year. February gone past. <laughs> Congratulations to you. And looking well on it too, may we say. Um, and you've taken up something. Tell them what you're up to. Also, lost the, lost the plot altogether, Jerry. I go for a wee dip every day in the sea. Sea swimming. Sea swimming. Well, it's not, I wouldn't actually call it swimming. I can't swim, so I wear a life jacket. I wear, yeah. I could be, probably people see me up around Salterstown and that. But I've got a, a new destination. I go to uh, Templeton Beach out at the Carlingford Way. Yeah. It's, it's, doesn't matter what time of the day or night you go in there, there's always water. You know what I mean? Yes. Right. And you're loving it, Paddy. You're loving it. Loving you're, it. And, and Paddy, every day? Every day. Good on you. Good on you, yeah. Good on you. in February. Of course, the two of them, the Matthews way, started the awkward way. started in February, the cold is together. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, look at What about it? You start anyway. But here, Paddy, now come on. You can learn to swim. Come on, Paddy. You can, you'll be able to do that stroke. That's the, what you should do now. I know you're enjoying the sea, but go on, learn to swim, Paddy. I, that's that's the plan, but I'm with where you swim is just at the moment. It's, yes, I don't I don't really go swimming outside, but yeah, I'm a bit just wary at the moment. It is on the to do list now to get swimming lessons. Mm. Get a little bit better at it. Feel more oh, Paddy, I, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel I feel a little bit odd going into the sea with a life jacket. You know, just going in to be waist or to be shoulder height. Yeah. All these kids are jumping in round. I know, I know, I know. I know, that's why, Paddy, you've got to learn. But listen, don't feel odd about it. The life jacket, the buoyancy, it's such an important thing when you're around water. Whether you can swim or not swim, you know, it's safety and that's the priority, so it is. Uh, but listen, is, Paddy... I, I think and, somebody has risked a life trying to save me, you know. Yeah, I mean? Yes, yes. But listen, Paddy, I'm, I'm on the on the airwaves today. Paddy Matthews, is there anybody out there take this man under the wing and teach him? Come on, there has to be uh, up the dock where that there's loads of people up there to teach him to swim Paddy you will I know you will I know you will but anyway besides that we want to come back to the the point that we've been talking about Matthews Coach Hire on the road Matthews.ie check them out there you hear it all the time on the ads here they're running 75% capacity safety assured and they're a local wonderful business story Paddy nice to talk to you today and I'll see you in the sea sometime no bother at all, Jerry. You'll recognise me. <laughs> I will, I will indeed. Paddy, thanks for talking to us. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye, no bother, Paddy. No, Jerry, all the best. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wonderful man, Paddy Matthews. Wonderful business brain as well and what he's developed there and fair juice to him for keeping the show on the road and they are there and they're available to carry you up and down the M1 and more besides from Dundalk and up to Dublin and back they're running there all the time. Check them out. Matthews.ie is the website. 
Anyway, that's almost our lot today. But we've a question, haven't we, Louise, for them tomorrow? So we might as well tee it up with you today, folks. We're going to be talking about it. Myself and Louise were chatting about this. Um, DVDs and CDs, Louise. Have you many of them at home? I've loads of DVDs. I don't know where to put yeah, them, what to do with them. I've just come across rakes of them, I have. And I know most people have. What do you do? with old CDs and DVDs. We're going to be talking about it on the show tomorrow. So if you do something with them, let us know. Is there any point in keeping them, Louise? I don't think so. Oh, uh, nostalgia? Uh, Summer times? Yeah, but listen, when you say, uh, Alec, what do you call them I'm when you hoarder. talk to? What do you call the speaker you talk to? What's her name? Alexa. Alexa, find me this. They find you anything under the sun. Music or films or whatever. How? What's the point in keeping them? They're never going to come back, DVDs. Kids cartoons, though. No, bear in the big blue house and few bits and pieces. But come on, the dust gatherers, they're put into attics like our own there and we do nothing with them. Use them for coasters. (laughs) Anyway, we have a gentleman who's joining us tomorrow to tell us, uh, give us an option on DVDs and CDs. What do you do? Do you keep them? Do you give them to charity? Do you sell them? Do you trade them? What do you do? We want to talk about it. And we are going to be talking about this on Late Lunch tomorrow. Growing cucumbers in Ireland in our own climate here and doing a great job. Yes, we have uh, cucumber growers with us on the show. Tara Walker's here. It's all about Salads with Tara tomorrow and Peter Gaynor has a song and an idea to remember all those who lost their lives in nursing homes because of COVID. All coming up on the show tomorrow. Next up on LMFM, yes, don't miss him. Eddie Caffrey's raring to go with the drive. See you tomorrow, half one. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have the biggest range of light commercials in the Northeast with same-day business finance, so let our van specialist Danny find a commercial vehicle to suit your requirements. See blackstonemotors.ie. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.